Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Rick dropping in on you. Hope everybody's having an unbelievable week to this point. I hope that things are going uh, as planned. And if not, remember what I always say. If you're breathing, you're still in the fight. Uh, let me tell you something. If you're really, truly pressing towards something, if you're really, truly attempting to do something beyond what is average, expect there to be tension, expect there to be delay, expect there to be points and times of frustration. This journey isn't about a life of ease. It's not about just simply getting by and skating by. Winning is about application, self-discipline, focus, and finishing. And in doing that, you're going to encounter moments where you simply are not where you want to be. That's okay. Every day, take an introspective examination. And when you ask yourself, did you give this day everything you've had? If you can answer that question honestly, yes, then uh, you're making progress and you're doing what you have to do. Some of the seeds that you are planting are not going to show up overnight. Some of the seeds you are planting are the uh, are the oak trees of your destiny that will provide shade not only to you and yourself, but to your offspring for generations. That takes time to build. Don't don't get frustrated. Don't become unglued and frenetic because things aren't going your way. Hold tight. You're built for what you're going through. You simply have to have the fortitude to finish. Uh, today is Wednesday. Today is Wealth Building Wednesday. So we're going to talk about the we're going to bust the number one myth in investing today. We're going to bust the number one myth. And I'm going to go back to my my sweet spot in investing. Uh, and that's compounding. But I want to uh, follow up on something that I shared with you guys last night on a uh, video entitled Closing the Wealth Gap. <clears throat> Uh, I made an announcement that my Path to Generational Wealth online course, which is an 18-month course and regular price at $2,600, would be uh, on sale for under uh, 1000 at $997. No, it's not much under 1000 but it's definitely significantly lower than the $2,600 price, which I think is a steal for 18 months of nothing but everything A to Z in building wealth, investing, asset allocation, asymmetric risk reward, uh, using trust to uh, build uh, and uh, su uh, sustain, protect, and pass down your wealth. All of this stuff is in this course. Everything that they know that they consistently do, I searched them out for over 10 years, interviewing, researching, asking questions. And I'm going to share something with you that two of the people I studied, uh, one of the people I actually got to speak with, and uh, they shared this, and it's going to be a part of this, but uh, last night I said 24 hours, would have, which would have put it right around 7 p.m. today that this offer will end. I'm going to extend it to 11.59 p.m. tonight. So through, throughout the remainder of the day, uh, you can get this uh, course for $9.97, which is a significant decrease from the $2,600. But you're also going to get the seven-day online business launch course, which is a way that I have for 13 plus years created my online enterprises and generated the revenue that I use to support myself and my family. And I'm showing you how to do that. So uh, and then you're also going to get free admission to the webinar I'm doing on the 30th on leveraging AI to generate revenue and to create strategies 
and to how to do it responsibly, effectively, and accurately. And this thing is unbelievable. Uh, I jumped on the bandwagon probably about four years ago before it ever really hit mainstream. Uh, I got my people that I'm connected to in tech. Uh, I actually have a client who is a programmer and code writer, uh, probably one of my closest confidants, uh, especially over the last couple of years, is been in the tech industry ever. He is retired, but still does a lot of stuff. And they broke it down to me. I decided I was going to get ahead of the game, learn how to use it instead of being afraid of it. And I'm still just blowing things. I mean, for a person like me, anything new that you can do something with that gives you, I want to learn it. And so it's about mastering it. And I want to show you mastery in just one area of it to where you can do something. And you're going to want to use the seven-day online business launch course if you don't have your own business to create an avenue through which you can use a lot of this stuff. There are literally ways to monetize your ideas and using uh, AI to, I mean, literally laser point it and point it in the right direction is something that you need to really, really, truly get into. So this is going to be a two hour webinar. That's going to be a part of it. So you get the whole thing for $9.97. That's 18 month course. And it may take longer than that. It's self-paced. Nobody's going to flunk if you don't finish in 18 months. Uh, but all things considered, it should take at least 18 months to get through. And it's worth 18 months to change your life and understand that you're not going to get to the places you want to get to taking a six month, I mean, a six week course and a two week course. And I'm not saying don't take them. If it'll get you a little bit further, take it. But what I'm saying is this course is designed. If you master 20% of this course, you will change your life forever. Um, with that being said, let's move into uh, Wealth Building Wednesday. Um, there are so many different things out there, and I try to share them with you uh, as much as I can. My, my goal is to bring a constant stream of relevant information and content to you that helps you evaluate, assess, and change things so that you change your life for the better in every category. Uh, while I don't consider myself to be an expert in investing, uh, I have for a long time invested. Now, when it comes to starting a business and getting it to profitability, 47 times, I'm that dude. When it comes to writing and publishing, 26 books published, a thousand academic articles published, over 30 prose articles published. That's not what I have done. That doesn't include what I've done as a ghostwriter or a hired content procurement uh, specialist for other companies. Those are the things I specialize in. But when I decide I'm going to master something, I'm going to master something. I'm going to master investing and I'm going to master AI. Those are the things on deck. But what I do know is I have an intensive enough understanding of it, having spent 10 years studying it from the best and starting to implicate it over the last five to six years in my own behaviors. Even how I run my businesses now are different. Um, and it takes discipline. It takes discipline. The one thing that I want to get across, whether you're trying to change your life, whether you're trying to build a strong relationship, whether you're trying to start a new business, whether you're trying to bring your finances in or you're trying to uh, get that next degree or change your career or whatever it is, it requires a consistency. It requires a plan. That's why I created the six month personalized six month success and growth plan, because People need a plan, and most people are just winging it. They're getting out there going, look, this is what I'm going to do. 
So the first thing I'm going to do before I get to the myth, we're going to break down myth number one. Uh, there are nine primary major myths. This Wednesday, we're breaking down myth number one. But before I get to it, I'm going to give you the wealth building principle, first wealth building principle that every last one of these people that I talked to, spoke with, or researched said, don't get into the game until you know how the game is played. Do not get into the game until you know the rules. Now, what they didn't say to me, and, and I'm not trying to piss on anybody's way they make a living, excuse my language. I'm not trying to do that, but I am saying be, be very careful of how you move, because what neither of them said is go out and hire a good money manager go and, and, and get in the game. They didn't say go out and consult a money expert and get in the game. They said, do not get in the game until you understand. It doesn't mean that you don't hire somebody. It doesn't mean that you don't have a CPA or a, a money manager or a financial advisor that's giving you advice. It means know the rules so that you understand what they're saying to you, that it makes sense to you, that they're not selling you. Because here's the thing, there are 330,000 licensed financial agents, advisors, brokers, and so forth, right? Out of that, only 10% are fiduciary. Fiduciary means they have a unique responsibility to not only sell you something that might do, they have to sell you something that in their expertise should do best for you, all things considered, meaning that it cannot be tied to how much money they make. 90% of these people are, make, uh, are, are selling you based off of the commissions they will collect. Now, you're paying for a percentage of those commissions. The products uh, providers are paying a percentage of the commissions, but you are paying a commission for it. So 90 percent of these are non-fiduciary and they don't have the, 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 the burden they have to meet is that it is reasonably uh, a reasonable expectation that it might do good. Now. And here's the thing that you have to understand in that is that if you don't understand what that person is saying to you, it's hard to go back and check them. You should have a clear understanding. You should do the work. One of the reasons I created the Le Legacy uh, Wealth Academy's Path to Generational Wealth course is I wanted people to have a clear understanding of what this thing is about. When you hear somebody talking about something, it's not alien to you. You can get an understanding. You can go research it. You can get into it because you're going to need to be able to develop an understanding to be able to read financial uh, business financials. Why? Not just because you need to know what companies you're investing in, but you also need to know if you want to invest singular, singularly into a company as a venture capitalist, you definitely need to be able to read financials. You need to be able to read business plans. You need to be able to read marketing analysis. All of these different things are a part of this. And that's just one small part. But you need to be able to understand all of that. As, a, as an aspiring business owner, you need to be able to create all of that. So there are some things you have to learn. It's not just about having the skill set to go out and do it. You've got to have the ability to create the proper environment, the proper structure, uh, the proper system. All of these things have to be working in, in, in conjunction with one another to produce the best results. So that's that. So the number one principle in wealth building is know the game and how the rule, know the game and the rules before you start to play. So that means investing in learning. The one thing we don't like to do, we don't like, to, we don't want to be taught. We want to be entertained. We don't want to be taught. We don't want to sit down. To, it's boring. 
We want the exciting stuff. So what we do is we look for trends. If everybody say they're doing it, we'll jump on it. We don't know why they're doing it. We'll jump on it. It's okay sometimes not to be in the mainstream because think about it. The ones that we look at and say, okay, they're getting it on in the finance. They are not in the mainstream. They are unique. They are set apart. They're not the same. So they're not doing what everybody else is doing. So if I'm going to model somebody, I'm probably going to model the person who isn't doing what everybody else is doing, the trend, and do what they're doing, which isn't going to make logical and radical, uh, rational sense. Because if it did, everybody would be trying it. That's the beauty of this thing is understanding the illogical elements and components of why things are done and not simply saying because they're doing it, I'm doing it. Now, the number one myth is what is known as the $13 trillion lie, and that is invest with us and we'll beat the market. 96% of mutual fund managers fail. The 4% that win aren't the same each and every day. So nobody has the super understanding. Matter of fact, Warren Buffett says, and Ray Dalio says, David Swenson says, um, uh, Jack Vogel, all, all of these people will tell you, they can't guess the market. That's not how you win. Matter of fact, just let me read two quotes real quick. Uh, Warren Buffett says, the goal of the non-professional should not be to pick winners, neither he nor his helpers can do that. But you should rather be, uh, the, the goal should rather be to own a cross-section of businesses that in aggregate are bound to do well. A low-cost S&P 500 index fund will achieve this goal. How many times I've been telling you about compound growth, compound interest. Warren Buffett contributes a great percentage of his wealth the vast 90, matter of fact, 99% of which was built after age 50 to the, the S&P, to an index fund, to compound growth. I'm going to come back to an element of his statement in a minute. Uh, David Swenson. David Swenson is the person who manages the um, endowment fund for Yale University. When he took over the endowment, it was $2 billion. $2 billion? $2 billion, $2.3 billion. It is now almost $25 billion with him managing it and investing it and doing whatever. And so David Swenson says, when you look at the results of an after fee, after tax, on an after fee, after tax basis, over reasonably long periods of time, there's almost no chance that you end up beating the index fund. I've looked back 25 years, consistent pushing. And because you're taking an aggregate accumulation of high performing companies, if you look at the S&P 500, the top 300 and so are solid. They move gradually in, in, in position, but they're always going to be in there. The bottom 50 changes based off of performance. So they're always monitoring the index to make sure that the t companies that are part of this are the companies that are performing, this index performs. It is, and then it's paying compounds. So whatever you're putting in weekly, whatever you're putting in monthly is growing interest. And then that interest is getting interest paid on it. And you do that over a 20 year period of time. 
I guarantee you with any significant co contribution, it's going to blow your mind. And like I said last night, go to an interest calculator online and put in 20 percent because this is this is my thing. I think everybody should be contributing 20 percent of your gross income to enlarging your wealth. And that means investing in appreciable assets. So 20%, take 20% of whatever it is you earn gross, put it into that calculator monthly. Whatever you earn gross monthly, put it into that calculator. That's how much you give in monthly. Now put in 10%, 8 to 8.2 to 10%. The lowest I've seen it uh, hit for any consistent time is 8.2. There are going to be fluctuations, it is, but just over the long haul is solid. You're going to have some times that it's going to drop. But the overall is low, you know, low eight, 8.2, uh, high sustainable 10. So anywhere in there, throw a number in uh, between 8.2 and 10% and look at what you get and then put how many years you're going to do it and watch as you put the increase the years, how much it grows. And then at one point, stop adding and just say, I'm going to let the interest grow and then put in more years and see what happens. That's the beauty of this thing. That's what they're trying to get to tell you. Now, let me go back and break down something he said. That, 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 that number one, neither he or his helpers can do that. He was very clear that nobody, not he or anybody he knows, can predict the market. And, and here's why. There are certain things you can look at and you can say, based on this, I can uh, postulate that this company is going to perform well. What you can't predict is the CEO of the company or the CFO of the company or the, the brilliant business mind of the company getting cancer and dying. Apple. Um, or when Apple pushed uh steve jobs out and then ended up having to bring it. you uh or you it's, you can't sit up and say okay i see how this is going but you can't predict that uh the um headquarters which is in another country uh that just happens to all of a sudden be in economic turmoil or in political turmoil or having a military interruption all of a sudden changes trajectory. You can't predict those things. You can't predict how the global economy, which drives so much now, everything's connected now. It's hard to localize and domesticate uh, how economies function now because everything is global, which is good for us if we understand how to move global. That's one of the reasons why I focus so much of my company now into picking up clients in other countries. Uh, it, the diversification in clientele is to ensure that I have value, market value in other countries, just in case this market tanks for a while. It's it's important to understand that on a business side, you want a business that understands that. It's also important to understand that on an investment side. So when he's saying that neither you or your helper, he's saying your helper is trained, but they can't tell you, they can't predict the market. And so if they could predict the market, would these professional people be failing 96% of the time? Because that's what happens when you go to an active management mutual fund and these mutual funds something else i told you before that if you study the mutual fund managers 49 percent of them don't have a dollar invested in the funds they're managing speaks volumes to me 
it gets down to, I want to say roughly somewhere around 10 to 12%. Uh, and I'm, I'm doing a recollection here. 10 to 12 at the highest, 16% have something significant invested into it. Others have, relatively speaking, something in it, but nothing of significant value that's going to impact their total network in a way that way. So they're asking you to buy into something that they haven't bought into. See, that's that non-fiduciary thing I was telling you about in the beginning. One of the reasons why you need to educate yourself. One of the reasons why you need to spend time. Uh, some something Someone taught me a long time ago, and I say it all the time uh, because it's so true. Say you lose because you don't know how things work. And so that's what the number one principle is, right? Don't get in the game until you understand the rules. Well, you're losing in, 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 in every area you're losing. If you're losing consistently, it's because it's something you don't know or understand, or you simply aren't trying or applying yourself. So if you're trying and applying yourself and you constantly get your head banged, you don't understand the game. See, you got to be very careful in investing in markets because why? Markets are a zero-sum game. What does it mean? It means somebody wins, somebody loses. Prime example, when I first thought becoming interested in the market in the 90s, um, you know, I was scared. I'm like, man, you know, people jumping out of buildings and stuff behind what goes on in these markets. I'm, well, I, I don't know if I want to get involved in it, but it seems like a path towards wealth. So I need to understand it at least. And so I got into it. And so one of the things that really caught my attention is when the market would be on a downturn or a certain particular stock would start taking a hit and um, they would start talking about the sell off that people are selling off a particular stock. Now, I actually own I actually uh, did the uh, the. Uh, man, my mind moves so fast. Um, I did the repatriation for the Enron executives. Uh, I, at one point in time, I was an international relocation manager. I helped companies move their high-level clientele uh, all over the world. Uh, Bollock Poppin, Indonesia, Jakarta, Indonesia, Perth in Sydney, Australia, Melbourne, Australia, the UK, uh, different places. I helped them relocate. Some places in South America, I helped them relocate, and that's handling A to Z. And... Um, one of the things that I saw when Enron started to tank, I'm the person who repatriated all those executives when the company went under. Uh, so I got to see all the fallout in that. And I got to see uh, what was going on, how people were trying to dump shares and how things were going. But I, back in the 90s, I had this question, right? If the stock is dropping in price and value and people are selling it, to keep from losing more money, who's the dummy buying it? Well, see, that's because I didn't understand how things work. The dummy buying it is actually the smart guy. He is what's known normally as a crisis investor. What is he doing? He is buying stock that he believes to be still valuable, but at a discounted price because it went on sale. Uh, Ray Dalio, who happens to manage the largest uh, hedge fund, uh, in the world, last I checked, he froze it at 165 billion. Uh, he manages that. Ray Dalio, uh, somebody else that I contacted, says that the market, the stock market, is the only place where people panic when something goes on sale. People start panicking and share. The thing is, if you follow the market, this is what happens. 
there are all these different variables that drive up the price and the value of stock, right? Some of it is real. Some of it is inflammatory. It's inflation. It is, inf it, uh, it is inflational. It is cooked books in the case of Enron, or it's um, just, uh, over number one is, you get a massive time when the economy is doing great and people just really, really spending, buying, buying, buying. That mindset will drive the stock prices up. Now, that that that's not backed by anything. So it's an inflation. It's part of a little bubble. It's when that bubble gets real big that you start to get concerned because the market has a way of correcting itself. It's unbelievable. It's going to go up and it's going to inflate. It's going to get overinflated and eventually the market corrects and it starts to go down to make the correction. A lot of times if it's super overinflated and that bubble pops, we get what we call a crash. It goes all the way down uh, because people get afraid and do what? Stop spending. The economy is going to have a major drive on it, but it's not the only thing. But what happens is when those prices drop drastically and people start panicking and start selling, crisis investors buy. So who lost? Person who sold. If you sold stock, that's going to recover. Here's the thing. Companies that are uh, created well um, and perform well, and you can look at the history, you can look at their financials, you can look at the history of how they perform uh, in the market, tells you that they're going to survive because this, this flip, of up and down in the market happens roughly around every four or five years. We we went through a pretty nice little period after the last recovery from that big recession in the early, two, well, 2006, 2007, 2008. We went a long time where things were just sweet. And then we're starting to see some kickback now from a lack of building in the real estate. So we're, we're short in inventory, which is driving prices up. So we have a seller's market and it's been a seller's market for a while. And eventually it's going to go to a point where inventory will catch back up with demand. But one of the problems we're having now that's going to kind of slow down uh, the selling is we are, the mortgage demand rate has uh, dropped consistently for the last few weeks. I've watched it drop. Uh, it recovered a couple of times, but it's been this drop. And the reason it's a drop is there's been a hike by the feds in the interest rate. So that was a point in time. People were getting 3.5 and 4 on mortgages. Now it's the average mortgage is over 6% and climbing. Now, I think it dropped a little from last week from, from what I was looking at earlier, but it is still low mortgage demand. Demand dropped again this week. So what does that mean? Real, people who aren't familiar with real estate or are invested in public companies that deal with real estate are a little iffy right now. But what you have to do is say, OK, how does this work? The market always recover. Real estate is one of the most solid, solid investments you can get into, especially long term. Buy and hold. I'm not for trading. I'm for identifying things that are of value, that hold value or appreciate in value. Buy and hold because you're going to get fluctuation. That's just how the market works. Stocks are going to go up. Stocks are going to go down. Prices are going to go up. Prices are going to go down. Value is going to go up. Value is going to go down. you got to find the things you truly believe in and hold on to them. That's why you diversify. That's why the S&P is so powerful because you're not overly weighted in one particular company. You're spread out and have an aggregate interest in 500 companies if you're talking about the S&P. So in in that sense, what you have is an understanding of how that works. But again, the number one myth is stop because like if you talk to a person who isn't really familiar with investing and you say, well, what's your what, what kind of investment? You're gonna, they're going to say CDs. Not, ba not bad if you understand what you're doing. And 
the other one is mutual funds. Well, it depends on what type of mutual fund you're investing. If you're investing in an actively managed mutual fund, that's a rough way to go. Again, nobody can predict the market. And that's basically what, when someone says invest with us, we can make you a lot of money. They're saying we can predict the market. What you want to do is you want to find companies that have long-term interest that you can hold on and you're holding your interest, you're holding. And some companies will pay out dividends on that, but you can also hold and let your your your, your investment grow in that company as well. Uh, another thing is, and I, and I consistently say this, don't go cash heavy. Cash heavy is not a cool thing right now because the U.S. dollar is not holding its value at all. It's depreciating rapidly. You'll see a lot of rise in prices. If, if you look at, if you go grocery shopping, you know what $100 bought four years ago but versus what $100 buys now. And you look all over, inflation is showing in increased prices. And uh, economics, basic economics tells us that that's the law of supply and demand in some instances. Some of it is supply and demand. It's in high demand and there's not a, a, a great supply of it, then it's going to cost more. But some of it is simply uh, inflation driven by a depreciating uh, currency, the U.S. dollar. And you got to be familiar with that. That's why you got to know how to play the game so that you can stabilize and hedge yourself in a way that you are not left uh, uh, you are not left in a place where you can't recover. Uh, so that's going to be it. But look, again, um, the whole thing is about educating yourself, learning how things work. Rule number one in wealth building is do not get in the game until you understand how the game work. The Legacy Wealth Path to Generational Wealth course gives you the game from A to Z. Everything they know that they talk amongst themselves about, they give it to others when they ask. They don't mind talking. One thing I learned growing up and uh, coming into my own as a young adult wanting to get into business is that I, it's hard for my people to help me for whatever reason. It's competitiveness or whatever, but it's hard to get them to put you on. I found that when you find them, they will put you on. Now, they might say, hey, look, I want to make some money off of you while I put you on. Hey, if you're making me make money that I would not have otherwise made and teaching me how to do it and you're going to get something too, that's that's what's up. That's how it's supposed to go. It's called exchange. You know, I got people I just get a game to. Then I got people, hey, let me show you this. Let's come work together. I'm going to show you this. And I'm going to benefit from it in some way. Normally, that's because I'm go you're going to pay me to do what I do for you. Uh, that's how I make a living. But what I can tell you is once I was able to get an audience, they talk and the game is out there and they understand it and they are playing it. And the thing is, most people are still buying into this idea that you can work your save self and save yourself into wealth. Number one is the average saving plan doesn't even outgrow inflation. Most saving account interest, it, most interest bearing savings account aren't producing enough growth in the interest that it's offering to out battle the growth in inflation. So you're actually losing money if it's in your if it's in your savings account. These are things that you have to understand. These are things you need to be able to calculate. These are things you need to be able to master. So in that. Um, 
um, that's that. So um, I am going to get ready to get off here. As I always say, I live my life on full so that I can die on E when I leave this place. I don't want to take any of my potential to impact this world, to make a difference in this world with me. I want to have given all of me to my purpose uh, because it, it makes no sense to take what was meant to be spent here out of here. And so many people take their value to the grave. The, uh, the great Miles, Dr. Miles Monroe once said that um, the cemetery is the wealthiest place on the planet. On that note, I'm out of here. Thank you.